Smooth frown lines with Daxify, the only peptide-powered frown line treatment. Chosen as one of Time Magazine's best inventions of 2023, it's the first innovation of its kind in over 20 years. Daxify is the only frown line treatment powered by a novel peptide. Come see why everyone is talking about the Daxify look and why beauty lovers choose Daxify. To learn more about Daxify, visit Daxify.com. The effects of Daxify may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Tell your provider right away if you have problems swallowing, speaking, or breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness, as these can be signs of a life-threatening condition. Do not receive Daxify if you have a skin infection or are allergic to botulinum toxin products. Tell your doctor about your medical conditions, including any muscle or nerve conditions, and all medicines, including any side effects from botulinum toxins, as they may increase the risk of serious side effects. These are not all the possible side effects of Daxify. For more information, visit Daxify.com. Talk to your doctor or call 1-877-798-6243. To learn more about Daxify, visit Daxify.com. Your teen requested a ride, but this time, not from you. It's through their Uber teen account. You probably drive your teenager around a lot. They have gymnastics club, science club, rec soccer club, school soccer club, club soccer club, and three-hour clarinet club on Saturday night. Perfect. Now, with an Uber teen account, you can be there even when you can't. It's an Uber account that allows your teen to request a ride under your supervision. They ride with a highly rated driver. And with live trip tracking, you can follow along the whole ride. Thank you. Add your teen to your Uber account today. See app for details. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human-moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. This is the Lombardi Line on VSEN and DraftKings Network. This show, as always, presented by DraftKings alongside three-time Super Bowl winning executive and strategist Michael Lombardi, Stormy Bonantoni with you. Huge shout-out to good friend of the show, Mike Somich, for joining us in Hour 1, giving out some of his best bets for the day. If you missed any of the opening hour, make sure you download the show in podcast form wherever you get your podcasts. Also, a new edition of the GM Shuffle came out today. Michael, you and Femi getting it done there. That is up right now, so make sure that you go get that and download it. We'll also have Mike Palm, VP of Operations here at Circa Resort and Casino, where I am broadcasting from live in studio for the final half hour of the show today. Michael, lots to get to over this hour, though, especially in the NFL, because we had all of the talk in the first hour about Justin Fields and what came out with him on the podcast with the St. Brown bros. But now we're actually getting some information on the defensive side of the ball that despite Matt Eberflus hiring a new defensive coordinator, he will still be the defensive play caller in 2024. Well, I mean, he did a good job. I thought their defense improved during the course of the season, and I think it showed that he was more involved with the team. I mean, look, there's a lot of things that are not perfect within that Bears organization. They don't have staff meetings. They kind of like everything operates on their own. So him running the defense, I think, is probably a good thing for them in terms of there's no miscommunication. There's no problems uh, in terms of what he wants done with the defensive team. So they've made a lot of changes on the offensive side. They had to hire a new defensive coordinator. You know, they fired, they brought Shane Waldron in to run the offense, and we'll see. And now he'll run the defense and see if they can work in concert. 
Yeah. Uh, Eric Washington, the, the new defensive coordinator, by the way, he said that he will do be ready for anything and do everything that the coordinator is doing um, without actually calling the defense. So he, he's ready to go and support. And obviously that defense and the team as a whole improving down the stretch, the back half of the season is why Eberflus still has a job and is being given the opportunity to see what they can do this coming year, having both the number one and number nine overall picks in this year's NFL draft. Um, also, Michael, so obviously you being out there so near Philly, you pay so much attention to the Eagles. You're on local radio. Everybody wants you to tell them X, Y, Z. How is Philly feeling today after all of the information coming out today from NFL reporter Derek Gunn talking about the Eagles spiraling, having to do with not being able to have Big Dom on the sidelines to rein in Nick Sirianni a little bit? I know you've talked a lot about how emotional he can be on the sidelines. Well, one of the reasons why Sirianni never called plays, when he started out his tenure as the head coach of the Eagles, he started out as the play caller originally before Shane Waldron, Shane Steichen took over. And then, and then, you know, he wasn't, you know, he was too emotional. He got too out of control. And now what we're learning from Gunn, who was a former Comcast news anchor, covered the Eagles for years, has a very successful Eagle podcast here in town. You know, that he's come out and said that without that big Dom on the sidelines, that there was nobody really to temper the relationship between the head coach and the players and everybody else that's around. He was out of control when he was emotional. So I, I think I think it's a good thing. You know, Dom does a lot of things. There's nobody you talk to that has been through the Eagle organization that doesn't respect what Dom has been able to do. He's not just a get back coach, meaning get back all the people off the sidelines. So uh, you know, I think this is important. Seriani's not going to yell at Vic Fangio, I could tell you that, and he's going to let Kellen Moore call the offensive game. I mean, they've got to control what Seriani does emotionally because you could see he rubbed the players the wrong way, and Gunn wouldn't have reported this if it wasn't true. Uh, DeSandro, of course, ejected initially in that game against the San Francisco 49ers with that altercation with Dre Greenlaw, uh, was not there on the sideline for the remainder of the season where they went 1-5, which included some you know, losses that they shouldn't have to the Cardinals and Giants. And it was a rough back half of the season. Looking ahead to next year, Michael, d does this Eagles team pick up where they left off in struggling despite bringing in some new coordinators? I, a lot of people were calling for Sirianni's head in the offseason, but they elected to keep him as the head man. Well, there, you know, there's the Craig Carton from Fox Sports News report that he says there was some underlying factors going on to the losing streak. And his report got shot down by Adam Schefter. But then Carton came back and said, look, you know, I never said what my report was. So I don't know what the Eagles shot down because I never said what my report was. But it'll be determined at a later date about what actually was going on because there'll be some players who aren't on the team anymore. I don't know any more than that. But you could sense that the Eagles were not harmonious. Hurts. Also, what Gunn said was once you got paid, he became distant. He became preoccupied. You could see it on the sideline. You don't need to be an insider to see it. I mean, he kind of sat off to his side. There was a disconnect between him and the team. There really was. We saw Lane Johnson try to talk to him, just shaking his head. Remember, he came out and said, you know, we got to work harder. Well, we find out now that he was preoccupied. So, I think their culture is a little bit ragged right now. I don't think they're on the same page. I don't think they're on the same platform. And I think it's going to really see what it, what it can bring to the table. Hiring new coaches doesn't always solve that problem. Their culture has got to get solved. And then, you know, when we talk about this team, 
their defense was horrible. They got slow and old quickly. And that's the last thing you want to be on defense is slow and old. And so they're, there's a lot of work to do in Philly. They're not as close to where they need to be. You know, they're saying Kelsey is, you know, I mean, he's going to retire. I think it's pretty clear by his behavior this offseason. So they're going to need some changes in the offensive line. And they're going to have to change how they approach it because as that year went on, they got worse. They didn't get better. Yeah, it's it's interesting how you go from nearly winning a Super Bowl to a 10 and one start where, yeah, there were some things that you underlying stats, underlying things where you thought maybe they shouldn't be 10 and one and then really spiraled down the stretch, whether that has to do with Dom or that's just one small piece of a lot of underlying issues that there were there for the Philadelphia Eagles. Last year, they lose their coordinators because they did so well. This year, they lose their coordinators because they struggled mightily. Uh, another team that's got... <laughs> Because they didn't do well. Exactly. Um, Another team, though, that's got some coaching turnover, of course, is New England. And we talked a little bit about some of the comments from Gerard Mayo and Alex Van Pelt yesterday as they had a press conference. And we also learned that Demarcus Covington, not Gerard Mayo, will call plays this upcoming season on the defense. He was the Patriots defensive line coach. Did that surprise you at all or was that something that you expected? No, I mean, look, Mayo's going to take the same role that Antonio Pierce has taken on, the motivator, the organ, you know, kind of run the program. I mean, he really never called plays. Stephen Stephen Belichick called all the defensive plays when he was there. And so Mayo never really was involved with that. So I think it's smart for him to take a step and move back. I mean, I don't know where they're going to put all these people in New England. The offices were, you know, they got 21 coaches. I mean, they're now back to the NFL where, you know, there wasn't this many coaches. I think this is a big problem for young coaches, right? You know, you hire all these guys. And Mayo made the comment in this thing that he said, well, you know, it's a different league now. And, you know, there's a lot of work to do. There's no duplication. Well, yeah, but the problem is you're a young leader. And to manage this many people requires great leadership skills. It's hard. It's not an easy thing to do. And obviously you're good friends with Bill Belichick and he has for years had smaller staffs out there in New England. Does the fact that Gerard Mayo hired 17 assistants this past week and is going to have 21 coaches on the staff, does that just go to show truly how many hats a guy like Bill Belichick wore during his time as the head coach? Yeah, well, I mean, Bill was about not not having too many people involved because it was hard to manage. You know, we yeah. it, 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 the staffs become bigger and bigger, and then you've got to control so many different people, the leaks that come out of your organization. People talk, you know, and, you know, everybody wants everybody involved, collaboration, all that stuff. But, you know, now all of a sudden, you, you know, how many people are really involved? And I think the league has grown so big in terms of, these organizations, you see it on the sidelines and it's hard to get everybody aligned when you have that big of of many people. It takes a unique leader. And I think, you know, we would go down to Alabama, Bill and I, and we would sit in one of the rooms and watch tape and Nick would have his staff meeting and it would fill up a damn conference room. And we would look at each other and like, how does he manage all those people? Well, for Nick, it worked. And for Mayo, it might work. But for someone like me and him, it was like, wait a minute, that's too many people. We got too many people involved there. This is too hard. I I know usually we have a news or noise segment, but this other question kind of falls within those lines. One other thing from the press conference that a lot of people took away was him not being at a podium and kind of segmenting himself as much. He was sitting at a table and he said he wanted to be more at level with the media and closer to them to make, make it an open means of communication. Did you read anything into that? 
No, I didn't. I mean, maybe he's just comfortable sitting down. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I know I to me, be. when you sit there, you're staying longer. I mean, when you sit there, you're more comfortable. You're staying longer. I don't <laughs> think that's your job. I think you want to get in and get out. But look, you know, we know this. If you're a media darling, nobody will pick on you. Look at the guy in New York. Everybody loves him in New York. He's with 33% winning percentage. You can't fire that coach. You know, he stands at press conferences, though, you know, and so – I just think to me it's whatever you're comfortable with. And obviously Mayo's comfortable sitting down, but I think you end up staying longer. Uh, definitely a difference in approach there from a media standpoint, but you'll laugh at this, Michael. My dad calls me the like laziest sideline reporter of all time. He doesn't understand how that's actually a job I do because all I do is complain about standing, complain about exercise. All I want to do is sit. So, you know, it yeah, is what it is. Well, I mean, that, you know, look, let, let's face it. You're dealing with elements. You're dealing with Thank wind, you. weather. You're dealing with reliability of the people that are going to tell you something that you can report. I mean, you know, he should spend a day in your shoes. It ain't easy. Thank you, Michael. I appreciate that. And you don't let his comments fool you. Okay, I'm hustling. If there's an injury on the other side of the field, your girl is running, albeit embarrassing if it ever gets caught on camera. But I just, I'm just all that to say, I don't blame Gerard Mayo if, if he truly just wanted to take a seat. Um, we're going to step aside here. So I'll, maybe I'll get up and step aside. We'll see how that works out. Uh, quick yeah, timeout. Stretch him out. There you, you got it. You know, once an hour, just get the get the wheels turning. We've got not news or noise today, but no way or no doubt. So throw a few headlines at you. See if you think that these things are going to happen or not. Stay with us. Plenty more Lombardi line ahead on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Smooth frown lines with Daxify, the only peptide-powered frown line treatment. Chosen as one of Time Magazine's best inventions of 2023, it's the first innovation of its kind in over 20 years. Daxify is the only frown line treatment powered by a novel peptide. Come see why everyone is talking about the Daxify look and why beauty lovers choose Daxify. To learn more about Daxify, visit Daxify.com. The effects of Daxify may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Tell your provider right away if you have problems swallowing, speaking, or breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness, as these can be signs of a life-threatening condition. Do not receive Daxify if you have a skin infection or are allergic to botulinum toxin products. Tell your doctor about your medical conditions, including any muscle or nerve conditions, and all medicines, including any side effects from botulinum toxins, as they may increase the risk of serious side effects. These are not all the possible side effects of Daxify. For more information, visit Daxify.com. Talk to your doctor or call 1-877-798-6243. To learn more about Daxify, visit Daxify.com. What does it take to run a small business? Heart, smarts, and the nerve to risk it all in the face of adversity. Listen to The Unshakables, the new podcast now available from Chase for Business and iHeart. It features real stories from real small business owners who take you through the turmoil, triumphs, and quick turns that help their businesses break through. Learn more at chase.com slash business slash podcast. Chase, make more of what's yours. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank and a member FDIC. Copyright 2024, J.P. Morgan Chase and Company. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. 
featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Start your morning with a daily dose of winning strategies, insider tips, and the latest buzz with the free VSIN daily newsletter. In today's newsletter, our guy Bill Ady gives you a little tease for the VSIN baseball betting primer. Adam Burke, who was on the show with us yesterday, loves baseball, huge baseball better, dives into the numbers and analytics. He's making sure everybody knows how to bet spring training as well. Yet, if it exists, you can bet on it, ladies and gentlemen. VSIN.com slash newsletter for all of the fun from our guy, Bill, every day. Do you disagree with these takes? No way. Uh-uh, no way. Or do you approve? Oh, no doubts. No doubts. No doubt my mind. No diggity, no doubt. It's time to ask Michael Lombardi. No way or no doubt. All right, Michael. The Patriots' new offensive coordinator, Alex Van Pelt, said yesterday when asked if he could envision Mac Jones starting in 2024, everything is on the table. ESPN Patriots reporter Mac Reese also says the Patriots drafting a quarterback with the number one with the number three overall pick, quote, should not be a given. No way or no doubt the Patriots will draft a QB in the first round in 2024. Well, I think that this is falls between uh, we're not sure yet. I think we don't have enough information, but I would say no way to Mac Jones being the quarterback. Okay. I would say there would be a different quarterback uh, than Mac Jones. So I, I'm going to kind of fudge. This is one of those you can't really give a no way or no doubt. I could see them signing a guy because they feel like the draft or they're not worth it or they could trade down. Robert Kraft has already said this is the most important draft in his 31 years in his career as the owner. So we'll see. But for me, I think ultimately, you know, we're too early in the process. Everybody wants an answer on who they're going to get. Here we are in February and, you you know, you go through Twitter and you read, well, who are we going to get? I mean, the, the Eagles are asking who they're going to get. You know, they want to know, like, it's too early. You don't even know who you're going to get. And and let's be really clear here again, Stormy. The the difference between now quarterbacks change teams, right? We know that, right? We saw what C.J. Stroud did. We saw what Bryce Young didn't do. Quarterbacks change teams. They change their win total. But other than the quarterback position, no one else is going to. The this draft will not shift or alter your draft wins. That's why we see them already. That's why DraftKings has put them out. This team's nine and a half. That team's eight. This team's ten. You know, even if you draft, even if the Patriots draft a quarterback, their number's not going to go up. Even if the Falcons trade for the greatest quarterback in the history of ten wins in Justin Fields, their number's not going to go up, right? It's all going to be the same. And so I think you have to be careful about putting so much on the draft. The draft is just the newer play. What matters more than anything is last year's draft. We got to get those guys to play good. 
Sure. That was a hell of a line there on Justin Fields. But as it pertains to the Patriots, one thing is for sure they, they need a lot of change offensively because it was they and the Carolina Panthers, who Panthers obviously the worst team in the league this year with just two wins, had the fewest points allowed, points scored per game this year. And the only team with worst quarterback play in terms of QBR was the Jets. So it was problematic offensively for this squad. Let's go to college football here. Uh, lots of reports coming out of yesterday's CFP meeting including the indication that before the 12-team playoff has even gotten underway, Michael, that they're talking about in 2026 expanding to 14 or 16 teams. No way or no doubt, the CFP should continue playoff expansion beyond 12 teams. Yeah, well, I mean, I think 14 might be the limit, right? I think, let's go back. I mean, we, we were talking about this yesterday when we had Stuart Mandel on. You know, I don't, there's no way they should expand it. Let me answer the question. I don't think it should go to 14 because there was going to be some games. What did he say? If, if we would have had this last year, five would have played, Georgia would have played Liberty. Would that have been a good game? You know, you know what I'm saying? So do we really have 14 that we could make good? Look, we've gone to seven playoff. We've gone to, this was the first year a seven seed beat anybody. In the end, in, in the playoffs, and obviously Green Bay took care of business. But you know, I, I think to me, 14 college teams qualifying may be a stretch. 12 might be the right number. I think it's probably 10 would be more of the right number. Also, I think to be fair, based on the number that Oregon did on Liberty in the Fiesta Bowl, anyone would have beat up on Liberty, no matter the format. Um, but oh, God, see, yeah, that's mean. I feel I, bad. I they were an undefeated fair. team. I don't in the think it's season. fair. You know, they, they had a great year, but it's a it's a different level. I mean. We're well, that, seeing this with the NIL on, you know, it's hard. That's the thing, Michael. And I am a proponent of the group of five more than just about anybody. I absolutely love G5 football and I pull for the underdog. I love those types of teams when they have those exceptional seasons. Um, but I think 12 is a good number. Like, let's get through 12. Let's see how 12 works before we talk yeah. about adding in more teams and see what the level of competition is from that standpoint. Um, in this offseason, running backs are going to be a topic of conversation once again, just like they were last year. Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, Derrick Henry, Tony Pollard, the list goes on. Running backs that are still looking for deals. No way or no doubt. Running backs will have an easier time getting paid this offseason than they did last year. No way. No way. I think they're going to have a hard time. They're going to continue to have a hard time. I think they're going to continue to have a hard time. You don't think I, Jonathan I think Taylor's me, deal will, will help be, them at all? I think it hurts them. I think the Taylor deal hurts them because I think that people are going to say, well, if he got this money, why don't I get it? I mean, it's a fair point to make. It's a fair point to make. You say, if you're if you're Josh Jacobs and Jonathan Taylor got $14 million a year, why can't I get 14 a year? And there hasn't seemed to have been an appetite to, to pay that. If teams want to pay that, they'll just franchise you. I mean, the Giants could sign, you know, are they going to sign Barkley to 14 a year? So between Daniel Jones at 40 and Barkley at, at 14 or 15, 14 a year, that's $54 million of their cap tied up in two players where they haven't been able to win when they've had them. Yeah. I, I just feel like, and we talked about this so much last offseason, but Winning competent level production at the running back position can come at a far lower price in contracts that are far less prohibitive when you just get guys in the draft yeah. and, they're, and they're younger. And you look at a guy like Isaiah Pacheco, who, uh, you know, helped the Chiefs defend their yeah, Super Bowl title as a seventh rounder. 
I mean, it's the greatest example, right? They draft Edwards Hilaire in the first round, and the seventh rounder ends up being better. And let's be clear, they wouldn't be where they are if it weren't for Pacheco. His numbers increased. He went from 14 carries up to 21 come playoff time. So, yeah, I'm with you. If, if you could find Pacheco in, in a very, you know, at, at, from Rutgers by Vineland High School, I mean, that's pretty damn good. And credit Brett Veach and the chief staff and credit Andy Reid for playing him over the first rounder, too. Well, and here's the thing, Michael. Yes, he is a seventh rounder, is the diamond in the rough. But non-first-round running backs having success is is normal. You look at the Dolphins running back, Devon yeah. Achan, third round, Raheem Mostert, undrafted. Of the top 10 running backs in the NFL this year, in terms of yards, only Christian McCaffrey and Najee Harris were first-round picks. Derrick Henry, Kyron Williams, James Cook, DeAndre Swift, Joe Mixon, David Montgomery, all second-rounder later. So you can get guys later yeah, on. Just that, That's right. And let's face it, Nige was in the bottom 20, and people criticized that pick, right? You know, and 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 McCaffrey was, I think he was in the teens or maybe maybe 10. He was he wasn't, you know, wasn't the first pick overall. I mean, I think you, you just can't overvest. I mean, you only have so many cap dollars to spend. You can't give it to somebody else. And there's other backs out there. You got to find them, and you got to make sure that you pick the right one that fits your run game. See, this is the big thing about running backs too is is you got to get the right marriage between the scheme and the what the back sees and how the back runs, right? Because that's the key. Some guys are not good at running outside zones. Some guys are good at running outside zones. Some guys are better at point of entry runs. So you got to get the right kind of, it's not all backs are the same. Yeah, and Christian McCaffrey, where he was drafted and the payday that he has had is because he's more than just an everyday run-of-the-mill running back as well. He does so many different things that it commands that price tag. Uh, Let's hit another one here, though. Go back to college football a little bit. Nick Saban is right. College football is in need of meaningful change. He told ESPN this week, if his voice can bring about some meaningful change, he wants to help any way he can. What we know now is college football is not college football as we know it. You hear somebody use the word student athlete that doesn't exist. No way or no doubt, Nick Saban's right. He's no doubt he's right. And he and he should be the he should be on the front of it. They should listen to him. Now, the problem you have is doing what's right and doing what's legal. Right there is the line. Can you do this? Can you just enforce rules? See, the NFL is a collectively bargained league. There's no collective bargaining between student athletes and the NC2A and the schools. So this is a tougher challenge. You put some rule in place that a student could take to a court and it could be gone within an hour. So there's change is important. But being able to have the change that's legal change that gets passed by everybody is even harder. That question I asked Stuart Mandel yesterday, if we're going to have 12, are we going to let these kids transfer in the middle of everything? He brought up Kyle Allen. He's right. You know, Kyle McCord. I'm sorry. He brought up Kyle McCord. I mean, that's a hard thing. I don't I'd like to see him stop changing schools when the bowl games are going on and then do it after. Yeah, and I think a lot of that has to do with the academic calendar too. And you see coaches being able to take off at that time. So how do you coordinate all this and make it make sense and make those games meaningful? Plus, I need to do a little more research on this, but the number of coaches that have left college football for the NFL each of the last two years, 23, last year, 28, feels like a lot. We'll be right back on the Lombardi Line. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. 
If you're looking for betting edge on college hoops, the VSIN experts have you covered. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today. You'll get our daily best bet emails, 24 7 video access, the upcoming college hoops betting guide with bracket breakdowns, plus full access to VSIN.com with our exclusive betting splits on every single game. Visit VSIN.com slash pro to subscribe today. That's VSIN.com slash pro. Michael Lombardi and Stormy Bonantoni with you as we welcome you back into the Lombardi line and live on set with us here at Circa Resort and Casino, VP of Operations here, the one and only Mike Palm. Welcome in. Hello, Stormy. Hello, Hello. Michael. How, how are you? Hello, I wanted Michael. to give everyone notice I'm acknowledging Stormy. I appreciate there, it. There Thank you. There was a you. comment on Twitter. I only greet Michael Lombardi. I said, well, you don't see me greet her in the parking lot because we park next to each other <laughs> or when I walk in the studio, but uh, everyone can sleep better now. There we go. Appreciate it. See, the, we're covering the important things here today, obviously, Michael. Uh, no, but, but welcome in, though. This has been, the, Thursdays are always such a long day for you. I'm always glad that you can join us. Uh, they are. They're the kind of my busiest day, but I stay up to do the prepare the no hyperbole. So it's, it's fun, though, and I enjoy being on with you and Michael, whether it's football season or not. Yeah, so explain to me why I, I, I heard the no hyperbole about Caitlin Clark today and why, why is there so much hate towards her? I don't know, Michael. She's the only comparable thing in my lifetime of one person who elevated their sport to this level in terms of viewership, in terms of betting, is, is Tiger Woods with golf. He was such a needle mover. Michael, there's women's college basketball games that had 2 million viewers. Could you ever imagine that? And I, I can't wait to see what she yeah. does for the WNBA, right? And so... Everybody's coming now with the, you know, oh, she did it with an extra year. No, she didn't. She played less games than Plum and she's shooting 40 times. I wish they would just, they would embrace that. I know she took some guff because, you know, she did the John Cena, I don't see you. And then Angel did it. It was a whole racial thing in the final four last year in the championship game. Maybe they think she's too cocky, but I mean, it isn't being confident a part of it. I mean, men can do that and they think it's great. That's bravado. That's confidence. So I just think she's terrific. They sold out the entire Big Ten women's tournament, including the early days when Iowa won't even be in because they're a top seed in Minneapolis next week. Tickets for the finals on the secondary market are over $200 a piece. It's amazing. Well, that's it. And that's the thing, too, is like people talk trash about women's sports. But when you have somebody like her that can elevate and get eyeballs on the sport and you realize this, it's still basketball at the end of the day. And she's freaking awesome. And the fact that she broke the record from the logo and it was just a dagger three and she like knew that that was going to happen. She's talking in her press conference like, you knew I was going to make it a big moment. It's, it's awesome. You know, Dan Levitard and the DraftKings Network and had his own show here, had his show up here Thursday and Friday of Super Bowl week. So I listened to a segment he did on this this week about Caitlin Clark. And he said, we live in this world where everybody has to provide content and so the content has to be contrary to get views. So anybody who rises up, there's going to be people who need to create content to take them down, whether it's Pat McAfee, your friend, Michael, or it's LeBron James or it's whoever, you know, the, the quickest way to get clicks is to take a, a view against the person, the perception that's very popular. So I thought it was an interesting commentary on it. Yeah, I, and I think there's a lot to that, right? I think to me, that's what we see. I mean, you see it in the headlines. If you see something you want to read, and of course, it's you're reading it because you read the headlines. But then when you read the story, the headline doesn't match the story. And so I think there is truth to what Dan said. I think to me, and then everybody has an opinion on it. And if you have just a generic opinion, you're not going to get any clicks. But, you know, it's funny, though, Mike, we live in this world where everybody wants to have an opinion, but... 
nobody really, you know, nobody wants to say something that's that's not comfortable. You know, it's like, why do we pick on her? Like, what's the deal? Like, why is why is this? You know, why does Lamar Jackson always have to face? You know, well, he can't win a playoff game. Well, I mean, there's a lot of people that don't win in playoff games. He's still the MVP of the league. Like, you you know, why these questions that keep coming up? Tom Brady is, you know, the reason they won all the Super Bowls and nobody else did anything. It's like there's narratives that never seem to change. Did you I was going to ask you and you just brought it up at the end there. I mean, five years ago, did you ever imagine you'd be going on talk shows trying to defend that Bill Belichick's a decent coach? You know, it's funny. I got an email, I got a text late last night from a coach, a college coach that's works for a lot of works for a highly uh, a Big Ten program. And he sent me I sent him some information and he said, well, you know, I learned this from this coach and that coach. And, and I said, no, you really didn't. That all started with Belichick. So, yeah, I mean, it's kind of comical where this has gone to. And how it's viewed as, you know, like he didn't he was just standing there as a bystander. But this is the narrative that's coming out, the whole with the whole documentary, the book, all that. I mean, people are fighting for credit. It's just part of the profession that we live in and the world that we live in. I mean, if anybody was ever in that building and this Stormy said, you know, now they've hired 21 coaches, you know, I mean, you could have, that was three staffs for the Patriots in its day. So I think to me, which is fascinating because. There was a lot of times where you would say, you know, wonder why. And they said, well, we just we don't have that big of a staff. They've changed. Michael, I want to ask you a question about Russell Wilson and where you think would be the best landing spot for him. Obviously, it was scorched earth in Denver. And I keep thinking about Pittsburgh and Arthur Smith, who wants a quarterback who's going to be under center. He wants a quarterback that's going to be really effective in the play action game. Where do you think Russell Wilson would be able to contribute the most? Well, you know, I mean, that's I don't think Russell Wilson's inability to play is scheme related. Right. I don't think that's the case anymore. I think to me, this is the fallacy. This is where we get into the whole Justin Fields area where, you know, it's scheme related. It's not his talent. It's it's because of this. I, I, I think, look, they tried to run play action. They ran a ton of play action in, in Denver. Didn't work, you know, and they couldn't do what, what Sean wanted to do. And so I think there's a part of where Russell is a little bit like what happened to Kurt Warner. And when you watch, when you go over Kurt Warner's career and you look at what he was able to do and what he had to do, when he left, when he left uh, New York, when you look at his career, when he left New York, you know, he was not a good player in the league. He really wasn't. I mean, you know, when he left New York, he played one year, he started nine games, and they were five and four, and and it wasn't very good. You know, he was not very good. He wasn't throwing it down the field. I think he averaged like seven, like seven, two per attempt. It wasn't good. And then he went to Arizona, and he was two and eight as a starting quarterback there. And then eventually he kind of got himself back on track. You know, he 34 years old, he only played in 10 games. 35 years old, he only played in five games. And 36 years old, he only played in six games. So he kind of backed off a little bit, right? So from the time he won in 01, think about this. This guy's in the Hall of Fame, okay? Think about it. He's in the Hall of Fame. He had the great year in 01, okay? And then from 01, he doesn't start 16 games again until 08, 
And then he starts 15 and 09, he retires, and he gets in the Hall of Fame. Think about it. Think about that. Just think about that for a second. But my point with the story is the five-year gap that he didn't play well in, you know, was due to he'd been hit, and he needed to get his eye level back up. And he needed to kind of restore his career, and then he walked away at 38 years old. So I think Russell probably would be best served to go somewhere where he could kind of get more comfortable with his own play because right now he's looking all over the place at the rush. I mean, the Warner situation is fascinating because it, when he left St. Louis in, in 03, you know, when they cut when he left and he became a free agent, you know, that wasn't a good time for his career. Now, the 99 to the 01 season were spectacular. There, there were record-setting things that he did there. But you would never think, based on 124 career games, 116 starts, that he would have gotten in the Hall of Fame. I don't, Mike, to you, like, I look at Russell Wilson and I wonder where and if he is somebody that can rejuvenate his career or if he's just taken that tumble and fallen off. Because to your point about age, Michael, he is 36 years old. Even this year with improved numbers, it was a, a far cry still from what we know of him to be in Seattle. And then you've also got that leadership standpoint where he's kind of a polarizing figure internally in buildings with his teammates. So I just, I don't know. Did you think he will be a starting quarterback on opening day next year? Well, based on the lack of who's starting, based on the starters in the league, I, I got to think he probably will be. Mm-hmm. I don't think, I don't think you feel like he can't, he should be, but I got a feeling he will be. Yes. I think that's more a commentary on how poor like quarterback play is. Like, look at how many rookies and backups had to play this year because of injuries and guys that weren't were getting benched in the, during the season. Do you think the shortened preseason has a factor on this, Michael? I know we, I'm running you up against 30 seconds, but the amount of injuries. No, I, I think what's killing everybody is the offseason, is, is the lack of being able to work with young players. I think that's what's killing everything. Also, just speaking to age, I think it's fair to say not everybody ages as gracefully as Tom Brady does, right? He's kind of the diamond in the rough, the unique He's the only situation. one that beats Father Time. I kept saying he's yeah. No one has beaten Father Time to to a point he did. A point uh, TB12. That's the way you do it. Uh, we'll be right back. We've got Palms Pressing 3 coming up as we close out today's Thursday edition of the Lombardi Line. Stay with us. Smooth frown lines with Daxify, the only peptide-powered frown line treatment. Chosen as one of Time Magazine's best inventions of 2023, it's the first innovation of its kind in over 20 years. Daxify is the only frown line treatment powered by a novel peptide. Come see why everyone is talking about the Daxify look and why beauty lovers choose Daxify. To learn more about Daxify, visit Daxify.com. The effects of Daxify may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Tell your provider right away if you have problems swallowing, speaking, or breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness, as these can be signs of a life-threatening condition. Do not receive Daxify if you have a skin infection or are allergic to botulinum toxin products. Tell your doctor about your medical conditions, including any muscle or nerve conditions, and all medicines, including any side effects from botulinum toxins, as they may increase the risk of serious side effects. These are not all the possible side effects of Daxify. For more information, visit Daxify.com. Talk to your doctor or call 1-877-798-6243. To learn more about Daxify, visit Daxify.com. What does it take to run a small business? Heart, smarts, and the nerve to risk it all in the face of adversity. Listen to The Unshakables. 
the new podcast now available from Chase for Business and iHeart. It features real stories from real small business owners who take you through the turmoil, triumphs, and quick turns that help their businesses break through. Learn more at chase.com slash business slash podcast. Chase, make more of what's yours. Chase Mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank and a member FDIC. Copyright 2024, J.P. Morgan Chase and Company. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here's your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. This week on DraftKings Sportsbook, new customers can deposit $5 and get a no-sweat bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet loses. Download the app and use the promo code VSIN when you sign up. That's V-S-I-N. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. We're wrapping up today's edition of the Lombardi Line on VSIN and DraftKings Network. Mike Palm in studio with us, and it is time for Palm's Pressing 3. What do we got today? All right, Michael, number one, in this coaching cycle that we're in in the NFL what is the most baffling staff hire to you head coach assistant coach or I was I was focusing on assistants or coordinators what what decision do, are you scratching your head about I was surprised at the Kellen Moore hiring here in Philly because you know, Philly's success was with the run game, right? I mean, Philly, Shane Steichen did a great job of the RPO game, the run game, and I don't see that as being Kellen Moore's specialty. I think one of the things he's doing, you know, he's got a bright offensive mind, but in terms of how he managed the game, I kind of thought that one, although, you know, he's very well, you know, he's popular. I thought the Roman hire for Jim to go back to him again after his brother fired him as a, well, they say they didn't fire him. You know how that goes, but... That reality of it is with no passing game and you have Justin Herbert there, that staff to me, as much as I love Jim, that offensive staff is a little bit confusing in the sense that you've got Herbert, you've got his coach at quarterbacks, you've got Roman, then you've got Mark Tressman as a senior assistant. There's a lot of personalities in those, in those places. And I thought the Anthony Weaver hire in Miami was fascinating in that sense because – Weaver's a defensive line coach. He's never really coached the back end, so it's going to take some kind of co-coordinator type stuff to get that worked out. And I think walking in there uh, and having to replace Vic, who the players didn't really like because he was too demanding on them, well, what does that tell you about what's going on with their program, right? Like, you're in South Florida. It's You're going to have to be demanding and hold people accountable to football and those things because there's a lot of stuff to do in South Florida. So, 
off the top of my head, Mike, those would be the ones that I would look at and say, wait a minute, that, you know, those those kind of made me shift and wonder what the heck was going on. What about you, Mike? Did you have any that really caught you by surprise? No. So that's why I wanted to get Michael as a, maybe a tell for, for future bets on teams okay. with, with coordinator decisions. It's interesting you brought up Greg Roman because I brought it up from the opposite standpoint in no hyperbole this morning. Number two was get the flock out of here. And it was about the parting of ways with Greg Roman because he couldn't develop the passing game with Lamar. But here in this AFC championship game, the number one rushing offense in all of football Averaging five yards a carry, only ran the ball 18 times. They were down 17-7 at half. You would have thought it was 27-7 the way they played the second half. Lose the turnover battle, 3-0. And time of possession, 38-22. They totally abandoned the physical style of play against the Chiefs. And oh, by the way, a little a little mud in your eye to brother here. I'm going to hire Greg Roman now to, to run the charge. I thought there was a lot of... Irony in that. Okay, Michael, let's go to question number two. I don't know where to start the process because I know it's never ending, but I want to talk to you about or ask you about player evaluation from a, from a draft standpoint, but how does that whole process work throughout the course of the year? So I picked an arbitrary spot of let's just say teams are reporting to training camp. From an organization's player evaluation what does that look like in July and August all the way through the college football season and the end of the draft? What is that whole process that obviously continues over and over each year? Well, the, the, the process from the time you go to training camp to the time the season ends or you get there, it's all done by the personnel department, the college scouts, the personnel director. They're accumulating all the data and information and they're setting their board up, Right. And they're putting together what they see as the value of the players. They're making sure they're doing the guys who are going to be junior eligibles that come out or people that declare. And then once that's done, then they take that list and they try to include the assistant coaches into it, but not the broader sense of the list. So if you're the running back coach for the Raiders, you may get 15 guys to look at at the combine. You don't know their grades. You may have to interview 10 of them. You don't know their backgrounds. There's very limited changing of information. You'll know enough to ask questions, but you're not going to know all the details. And then you write your reports and you submit them. And sometimes some organizations will have meetings to go over what you wrote about. Some won't. Some will just take them and look at them. Some will listen to the assistants. Some won't. A lot of this comes from how much authority the head coach has. You know, and then how good the evaluators are on his staff and who he trusts to go out and evaluate. So once the season's over, then there's the mixture of, conf of of taking the college information to the pro people and letting them look at it. When you have a decision of quarterbacking, you're going to try to get the people that certainly the offensive coordinator, the head coach, the the, the general manager, the per all the, the people that are paid to, to make a hard decision are going to be involved in it. As you can see, when you have too many people involved, you end up making the wrong decision. And I think the, the challenge for most teams are to get everybody aligned, right? It's to get everybody to understand what might be good for another team may not be good for us. And so the, and it's funny you say this. We're having a seminar today on the Daily Coach at 4 o'clock. It's free, and we're going to talk about how – we're going to talk about this exact subject. It's about – Really, who do you want your team to be and how do you visualize your team and what grading system do you have to utilize that? 
And the same thing applies in business, whether you're hiring for Circa, whether you're hiring for the Raiders. You have to have criteria for each position. A lot of teams don't spend enough time on that criteria. So scouts are just scouting outside in, not inside out. All right, final question, Michael. Have we come to an era to put an end to these all-star, all-pro games? Baseball's the only one that has any <laughs> resemblance to the actual game they play. This travesty in Sunday in Indianapolis, I mean, it was an interesting betting situation. We opened this game 366.5 and, and closed 353.5, a 13-point move to the under because Adam Silver said, we're going to have a competitive game. It's not going to be like last year. Joe Dumars beat the drum. Everybody bet under, and the game should have had almost 400 points scored. 173-point <laughs> attack. I mean, it's, it's really a joke. Uh, and football went to the flags. And I mean, it, it has nothing to do with Isn't this really just about a resume for a Hall of Fame? I was a first team all pro. I was all pro. I was uh, I was in the all star and the skills competition, which is the fun part of it. The three point contest, the quarterbacks, you know, accuracy contest and all that. Isn't that what it should be? And stop trying to pretend that we're going to have a game that's something like what we see during the regular season. I couldn't agree more. Now, baseball, it fits. Basketball, it should fit, right? It should fit. You, they should play harder. I mean, it's a game that we should be able to enjoy. That, you know, it's, uh, we're not saying it's going to be intense, locked down, Detroit Pistons, Chicago Bulls style with Chuck Daly on the sideline type of game. But we, we are saying it should showcase athleticism and talent, but not lack of effort like we're seeing. And I think that's the case football, I completely agree with the direction it's going in. It's too risky for those guys to play in an all-star game and get hurt. It's just too risky. The, the, the finances don't work anymore. It used to be, Mike, that they went to go play in the hula ball and made money on it, and it was important money that they needed to supplement their income and get more ex- you know, money. That ain't the case anymore, right? You got bonuses in your contract, the, the TV money. The Really the bigger issue for the NBA and for a lot of leagues other than football is – the NFL's Stormy asked this question today based on the PF Pro football report saying the cap was going to go up. The money that's coming into the players in the NFL is going to increase the cap. The money the NBA may not be getting is going to maybe decrease their cap. And that's when they're going to have problems with their players because no player likes to take a pay cut. But if you're not bringing in revenue or bringing in ratings, how the hell do you keep charging the networks, which fund the leagues, what they're going to have to pay? All that to say, too, I, I know a lot of NBA fans were left a little bit stunned after because there's all this criticism about the game and how high scoring it is. And you have Luca throwing up a three from the opposite three point line, even though it's not a buzzer situation. But they still were up like 20 percent viewership from last year, which was all time low last year. Like, this was the second lowest. Fair. I mean, that's how that's how bad it's but, got, it's got but, like the three point contest, I think, is a blast. I oh, think that's I love super it. fun. Maybe it'll be Caitlin and Sabrina against Dame and, and Steph next like, year. Right. Keep I finding mean, fun shouldn't ways the dunk to contest it. be somebody who's actually playing he in the league? Shouldn't the dunk contest be somebody who plays in the league? Champ. He hates it. Well, LeBron ruined it because he wouldn't play. In it. All those guys yeah. used to do it. Right. Sean Kemp, Jordan. Dominique Wilkins, Vince Carter did. They did it for many, many years. And then when LeBron's, oh, I'm not going to compete. I think it just absolutely ruined it. And you just see the same the same stuff yeah. now. It's not like particularly creative no, anymore. I don't even watch it. Yeah. I only watch the three point. That's the only thing I watched. And I really watched it for the Steph Sabrina 
And, but yeah. both of them were awesome. The Steph and Sabrina. She, Inescu she one might have won great. if she was in the regular contest against the men. Right? <laughs> well, yeah, the she highest made the round yeah. She made the finals. Uh, <laughs> no, that was that was awesome. Great, great spot as Thank always. Uh, also, make sure if you missed hyper, no hyperbole today, you can download, follow the money, so you can Absolutely. listen to that in hour three. Um, Michael, fun stuff. I'll see you later on next week. That's a wrap for us today. Sharp Money is coming Thank up next year on Beeson. Smooth frown lines with Daxify, the only peptide-powered frown line treatment. Chosen as one of Time Magazine's best inventions of 2023, it's the first innovation of its kind in over 20 years. Daxify is the only frown line treatment powered by a novel peptide. Come see why everyone is talking about the Daxify look and why beauty lovers choose Daxify. To learn more about Daxify, visit Daxify.com. The effects of Daxify may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Tell your provider right away if you have problems swallowing, speaking, or breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness, as these can be signs of a life-threatening condition. Do not receive Daxify if you have a skin infection or are allergic to botulinum toxin products. Tell your doctor about your medical conditions, including any muscle or nerve conditions, and all medicines, including any side effects from botulinum toxins, as they may increase the risk of serious side effects. These are not all the possible side effects of Daxify. For more information, visit Daxify.com. Talk to your doctor or call 1-877-798-6243. To learn more about Daxify, visit Daxify.com. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Your teen requested a ride, but this time not from you. It's through their Uber teen account. You drive your teenager around a lot to their friend Jacob's house, their other friend Jake's house, to James's, to Jaden's, to Jalen's, to... Oh, uh, Mom, this is Jake's house, not Jacob's. Now with an Uber teen account, your teen can request a ride under your supervision. They'll ride with a highly rated driver, and with live trip tracking, you'll follow along the whole ride to their friends' houses that all sound the same. Add your teen to your Uber account today. See app for details. Bye, Mom.